Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDOBooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 850. Well, thanks to all the great folks at the Audubon Society of Rhode Island for welcoming us to their spectacular nature center and aquarium in Bristol, Rhode Island last week, where we broadcast our show live as part of their really cool Raptor Weekend. And great thanks to Larry Taft and Jeff Hall and Lauren Parmley and our show guest, Dr. Charles Clarkson, and uh, all the fabulous staff there at Audubon, Rhode Island, and our wonderful studio audience on hand there, too. Well, today's guest is quite a long way from Rhode Island in Austin, Texas, to be precise. More about her in a moment. Right now, our conservation salute of the week goes to a whole lot of current and former students at Harvard University, whose efforts have led to the following result. Harvard, which boasts the country's largest academic endowment, at nearly $42 billion, says it will finally end its investments in fossil fuels. It's a move that activists on campus and off have been pressuring the university to make for years. Harvard's president, Lawrence Backhouse, said this week that, among other changes, endowment managers don't intend to make any more direct involvements or investments, that is, in companies that explore or develop fossil fuels. The Harvard Crimson student newspaper points out that Bacow and his predecessors have long publicly opposed divestment in fossil fuel producers and that administrators have focused instead on combating climate change through teaching, research, and campus sustainability efforts. All good things, of course. Meanwhile, climate activist Bill McKibben, who was once president of the Harvard Crimson, said he thought Harvard would never divest from fossil fuels. And he says the fact that it finally did, quote, is an enormous tribute to generations of Harvard students who have never let up and to faculty and alumni who backed them up. So our conservation salute to all those Harvard students and alumni that got Harvard University to say, finally, it will no longer invest in fossil fuels. Yes, fight fiercely, Harvard. And now here is our mystery bird. This is not the contest, but this is a preview of our contest coming along later. There would be some of the sounds of our mystery bird. Here are some clues as to its identity. Our mystery bird is a small and quite dark and graceful bird of aquatic environments that feeds on fish and also insects. Our bird, which breeds on freshwater marshes and lakes in Canada and the northern U.S., in winters in coastal waters from Mexico down into South America, is about nine inches long with a nearly two-foot wingspan. In breeding plumage, the dark head and chest and gray wings make him easily separable from most of his relatives. Clues in the sound of our mystery bird, and we have some beautiful prizes here, including a $15 gift certificate 
for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. That's one of our prizes, plus the Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder. This is one of those feeders that includes a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Kind of an important thing. And uh, as usual with our new setup here, if we have time, we'll do a bonus question. And if our caller gets the right answer on that, we'll also award a beautiful $20 certificate to Wisdom Supply Company, which provides those uh, beautiful school supplies and books and um, notebooks and pencils and stuff like that. All kind of plastic-free and beautifully environmentally friendly. So all that coming up on our Mystery Bird uh, contest a little bit later on in the show. Here's our royal salute to the more of the royal family members of the Talking Birds audience who are helping us to kind of do what we're trying to do, which is to get the word out about our show and about birds and conservation. So thank you to Rob Mara from Little Compton, Rhode Island. Thank you, Rob, and thanks for your kind comments. And thank you to Brian Kringen from Rapid City, South Dakota. Brian says, I first became hooked on bird watching while taking an introductory ornithology course my senior year of college. Growing up in northeastern South Dakota, there was a tremendous amount of waterfowl to observe, along with a great variety of resident and migrant songbirds. My wife Joyce and I have been birding together since we were engaged in 1984. He says, by no means expert birders, we nonetheless enjoy the hobby and love to take part in discussions with other like-minded enthusiasts. South Dakota, he says, has a couple Facebook groups set up for birding, and it's gratifying to see posts from folks of all skill levels. Thank you so much, Brian. By the way, Brian is our first ambassador from South Dakota. So that's extra special because it means that every state in the U.S. is now represented by at least one Talking Birds ambassador. So we're pretty excited about that. We're also grateful and gratified to have so many listeners stepping up and becoming Talking Birds ambassadors. If you'd like to join the ambassadors family wherever in the world you are, please click on the Get Involved tab at the top of the homepage right there at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with Nicole Netherton at Travis Audubon in Austin, Texas, about what they're doing to help keep birds from crashing into buildings and windows. Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor at the Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod with the Let's Ask Mike Live segment about birding in community gardens. It's kind of a cool thing. And up next, one of the biggest birds in North America is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Last week's Mystery Bird Contest bonus question revealed that a gular pouch is a bare throat flap in birds like pelicans that expands to accommodate large prey. When the bird opens its bill and makes a catch, the pouch stretches as it fills up with fish and water. Then as the bird closes its bill, the pouch contracts, forcing out the water but keeping the fish, which are then swallowed. Well, a pelican species is today's featured feathered friend. 
It's the American white pelican, a very large snow-white water bird with a wingspan of nine feet or more, a long neck, and a huge bill that in breeding adults sports a large yellow vertical disc on top. Unlike brown pelicans, American white pelicans don't dive for fish. Instead, they catch their prey by dipping their bills down from the water's surface. They also sometimes forage cooperatively in groups, flapping their wings and driving fish toward shore where the birds corral them for an easy feast. We tend to think of the American white pelican as being coastal and subtropical, but it breeds on inland lakes in places like the northern Great Plains. Our friend Mick Zur from the Sioux Falls Bird Club in South Dakota reported a sighting this week of hundreds of white pelicans at a place called Klein's Slough, where the birds were staging for their seasonal trip to the southern U.S. or down into Central America. And back here in the east this week, our own Mike O'Connor photographed an American white pelican flying over his house. Mike wondered why the bird wouldn't come to his feeders, and he seemed uninterested in trying to lure the pelican by adding a few flounder to his birdbath. Today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend Pelicanus erythrorhynchos, the American white pelican. Welcome again to our show, number 850. That website we always invite you to visit is TalkinBirds.com with no G in Talkin'. So how do we keep birds from crashing into city buildings? We turn the lights out. That's what, and that's what they're doing in cities all across the U.S. and Canada. And we're about to welcome a guest from one of those cities. Nicole Netherton is executive director of Travis Audubon in Austin, Texas, and she joins us right now. Good morning, Nicole. Hi, Ray. Hi, welcome. Great to have you here, and we'll try to cool things off for you a little bit. I know it's hot down there in Austin. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. So hot here. <laughs> uh, well, you, we had a, a, a very unfortunate circumstance uh, a couple of days ago in New York City, talking about birds crashing into buildings, even though they have uh, their version of a lights out program there we lost a lot of birds crashing into i think it was one of the world trade center buildings there in that in that complex and that kind of gives us an idea glass what a problem yeah. it is it was such a tragic situation um it sounds like it was a combination of a lot of birds flying that night Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some bad weather that possibly brought the birds flying in lower or maybe just disoriented them and light pollution. And we know that in lower Manhattan, especially in many cities, there's lots of light pollution at night and this disorient birds and increases the likelihood that they can crash into buildings. Yeah. So this happens, of course, in the spring and in the fall. That's why these programs are, are in effect. What What do you think in terms of that New York situation? Any lessons learned from that? Yeah. Our friends at New York City Audubon have really been leaders in Lights Out initiatives. They have one of the first mm-hmm. ones in the country. And I think this terrible event just shows us how important those initiatives are, that turning off lights, especially during migration, is essential if we want to protect wildlife as they travel through our cities. Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, you have said this, I think they have a law in New York, actually, rather than just um, a suggestion for buildings. They do. 
they, yeah, they have gotten out really in front of this and their local um, leaders have affirmed how important it is to turn lights out. So um, it is stronger than a suggestion. And I, and I know that um, many people there really understand that with so much glass um, and so much light pollution that it is, um, it's essential to turn off those lights. Mm-hmm. Well, I know there was uh, legislation introduced, I don't know when this was, a couple of years ago, maybe, or a year ago, the Bird Safe Buildings Act, and it's been reintroduced. Uh, it's a bipartisan uh, bill from uh, Mike Quigley, uh, Democrat from Illinois, Morgan Griffith, the Republican from Virginia, and Senator Cory Booker from uh, New Jersey. I think that was reintroduced in March, so... What are we expecting yes, from it would that? be fantastic for that to go to go through. It would be really beneficial to have some, like I said, more than just a suggestion mm-hmm. to encourage um, building owners, especially. I mean, homeowners too. It's not just skyscrapers that uh, birds crash into. Mm-hmm. Many people probably have had the experience of a bird flying into their window, or even small buildings. Um, different birds migrate at different heights, and depending on the conditions around them. Um, it's easy for them to fly into all kinds of, of glass structures. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, your program there in Austin and Travis Audubon. I think your season started August 15th, goes through November. Yeah, fall migration takes a long time, as we know. And we wanted to work with a coalition of local and state organizations. They've been talking about this in Dallas and Houston for a long time. Um, Texas is on the central flyway and we thought it was really important that as they're passing through the hill country, particularly um, along the corridor between uh, San Antonio and and Austin, that it's just really important that central Texans understand the importance. So we decided to work with the city of Austin and a coalition of other groups, including Texan by Nature, which is a statewide organization. to just put the word out to people. It's a simple thing to do, turning the lights out. Um, Between, like I said, it's long, August 15th till right after Thanksgiving. The peak is happening now here. Um, About Labor Day to Halloween is when we see the most numbers of birds coming through. But all we ask is for people to turn off non-essential lights uh, overnight between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. And uh, statistically, that is a great way to be sure that um, birds are not getting confused and mm. crashing into homes and buildings mm-hmm. well, and uh, we've yeah. had a great response so far lots of people really excited about it the city of austin and travis county both passed resolutions affirming that this is a great idea it helps people save money uh it's good for humans too there are health effects that we know about from uh light pollution that are bad for us as well so why not mm-hmm. why not turn off the lights uh, it helps everyone we're all in, we're all in this together what about the building owners what, what would how would you describe the level of cooperation in general um slow but sure we're we're finding that like many things there are lots of complications some lights are controlled by a person mm-hmm. turning off a switch some lights are on complicated automated systems that have to require some computer coordination. But um, I think uh, we've got a, a good a good list so far of some of the bigger property owners in Austin who are affirming that this is important to do. We're also, we know that not everybody, there are safety issues, there are, there are things that mean that not all lights can be turned off, but there are lots of ways um, to make lights friendlier, dark skies friendly, to have the light go down. Again, that that helps mitigate all of this pollution. So mm-hmm. we're having lots of conversations to help people um, turn off the lights, make their lights friendlier, um, 
And we've been doing um, yard signs so that people in neighborhoods can be telling their neighbors about what a simple choice that it is for them to make to turn lights off. And we've got those yard signs all over Austin because, like I said, it's important for homeowners to get behind this initiative as well. What a, what a great idea. And we'll, we'll, well, I'll give the website now. I'll give it again to travisautobahn.org. You can find out a lot about this. We can't let you go, Nicole, without asking you about birdability. And our own Freya McGregor is the coordinator for that wonderful program. And it started with you guys. Well, I mean, we're great friends of, <laughs> of birdability. Virginia Rose is my friend and a board member for Travis Audubon, a really amazing birder, um, an inspiring person. And yeah, she had a dream to make birding accessible for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we um, just saw the genius in it from the beginning and helped to um, get birdability on track to become an official 501c3. Um, we've been working with them as their fiscal sponsor over this past year. And um, Virginia and Freya both have been inspiring to our organization in you know, talking with them, we realized that we needed to do more to make one of our own uh, nature preserves more accessible. And now mm -hmm. we're working on a grand master plan for making our trails something that everyone can use. Um, so, yeah, I can't say enough good things about them. We're, we're big fans. We love we love Virginia and Freya and, and are excited to see all the great work that Birdability will continue to do. Wonderful stuff. Well, thank you for your great work, too. Nicole Netherton is executive director of Travis Audubon in Austin, Texas. That website, again, is worth visiting, by the way, for stuff about uh, lights out and birdability and lots of other things. TravisAudubon.org. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you for having me, Ray. Coming up next, our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every burden and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. That would be the sound of our mystery bird. As we played earlier in the show, this is the actual contest now underway. This is where we invite you to call in and tell us what that bird is or take a guess. And our unique feature of the contest is that uh, you may not have to get the right answer to be a winner. If no one gets it right exactly, the drawing will determine our winner. So give us a ring. Tell us what you think that bird is and win those beautiful prizes. The Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder. And the $15 gift certificate for Beautyo Books. And if we have time for a bonus question, you'll also win, if you get that right, a beautiful Wisdom Supply Company $20 
gift certificate for all those terrific school items and notebooks and pencils and stuff like that, all bird and nature friendly. So 781-837-4900 is the number, 781-837-4900 on our mystery bird contest. And coming up next, let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com my name is Lori Lamb. I am from Forest Hills, New York. I love the Talking Birds show. Being a Talking Birds ambassador allows me to give back. I feel that I'm giving back to nature, giving back to birds, giving them a chance. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. Mike O'Connor is down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and he is joining us on the telephone right now. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. So, community garden birding, how many, I mean, do people generally think about birding in community gardens? You were about to tell us what a good thing that is. You know, it, it really is. You know, and, and a lot of um, time where people aren't maybe perhaps traveling as much, a lot of times we'll go to a uh, state park or wildlife refuge, but they're huge, and you do a lot of walking, and you see some good things. But the community gardens, and I think every town has, even even your city of Boston has several, and they're small. They may be like an acre, but they're just full of diversity of different plants because people grow vegetables, they grow flowers, they grow all kinds of herbs and stuff. And you know how people get into a hobby and they get all excited? That's what gardeners are in the spring, that plant and everything. And now uh, breeding, breeding, <laughs> growing season is winding down, and so they're kind of losing interest, and the birds are taking over. And a lot of these things, weed seeds have grown up, and it's full of birds. I, I go out just about every morning, and it, they're small, so it doesn't take a long time. But I see assorted warblers and some sparrows and some buntings. I saw some dick thistles. I see bobolinks. All of these little tiny places. There's a nice one in the nearby town of Howard. Unfortunately, I went there the other day, and your friend David Clapp was there, so, so I turned around and left because who needs that, of right? <laughs> of course. But they're, they're, they're really good, and, and they're always sunny because they're gardens, so the birds look good, and if you're a a, a photographer, if you carry a camera, it's beautiful because the birds are landing on uh, flower heads and assorted flowers, and so you can get these great shots. And um, I, I saw a bunch of hummingbirds today, and I haven't seen hummingbirds in my feeders in, in, in probably about a week to ten days, but they're still finding these gardens. So look up online, community garden in your area, and you could just you know, spend a short amount of time walking, but you'll see a great diversity of uh, uh, birds and, and get yourself out there. And I don't know, maybe if you look up a little bit, you might see a white pelican, because that's what I did. You had one right flying uh, flying over the house there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what, the, the, the great 
late Vern Locke used to end his show with keep your eyes to the skies, and I actually did it one time, and there was a white pelican flying over, and I don't know where, nobody else in the Cape seemed to have seen it, although it was spotted in other places in New England, but it just kept going, so um, yeah, so there you go, so keep your eyes to the skies, thanks for that advice, Vern, but hit the community gardens when you get a chance, you'll see a diversity of birds for sure. As as you mentioned, we do have them right in the the city there, so uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of them all, all over the place that you make. Oh yeah, I've been to the, those the Fen- at Fenway Park waiting for the ball yeah. game. I've seen brown creepers and palm warblers and uh, yellow belly sapsucker right there between the high rises and the Starbucks and all that goes on in the city. Mm-hmm. So that they're good. So just, yeah, and, and I think part of the reason is diversity and there's always water, right? Because it's a garden, so there's yeah. always a leaky hose somewhere, yeah. and so the birds are always drinking. But it's I think it's the weeds that take over and the weeds are more native than maybe maybe some of the plants that they uh, are planting the gardeners mm-hmm. and so the birds come in and they clean those out and, and they're on a regular route and this is the time to go for sure all right that's mike o'connor spotter of a white pelican he has photo proof uh, unless you downloaded that from the internet or something like that i'm not saying nothing <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you mike okay talk to you next week Greg. all right mike o'connor there at the famous bird watchers general store Orleans, Cape Cod. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Meanwhile, we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest and trying to identify this particular bird right here. The number to call is 781 781- 837-4900, that's 781-837-4900. Our prizes include the Droll Yankees original, iconic A6F classic tube feeder featuring durable metal parts that Droll Yankees says squirrels can't chew. And they back that up by including a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage for this feeder. And we also have this prize, a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, one of the, or home to one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Those are the prizes. Our time is short, so give us a call right now, if you can, at 781-837-4900. Tell us definitively what that bird is or take your guess. No correct answer. We'll determine the winner. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. While we have a moment here, you can lift, if you've been uh, listening to Talking Birds for a while, you've no doubt heard some of our Freya McGregor's audio postcards accompanied by the sound of birds she's encountered right in her Tuscaloosa, Alabama neighborhood and from various other places around the country. Well, Freya has now created a blog about how the audio postcard idea came to her. And you can read all about it on our website. Just look for Freya's blog under the Read tab at TalkingBirds.com. That's the Read tab right up at the top of the homepage at TalkingBirds.com. It's Freya's blog. And we are here at the Mystery Bird Contest, and apparently we've had some kind of a technical difficulty here with um, putting calls through, but we are still working on it. So please give us a try here, 781 837 4900 before we would run out of time for our contest this morning, trying to identify that small, very dark and graceful bird of aquatic environments that feeds on fish and also insects. 
Here's another. Here's a little clue in case you speak French. In France, they called him the Guifette Noir. All right, our bird which breeds on freshwater marshes and lakes in Canada and the northern U.S. in winters in coastal waters from Mexico down into South America is about nine inches long with a nearly two-foot wingspan. In breeding plumage, the dark head and chest and gray wings make him easily separable from most of his relatives. So we'll, uh, we'll have to uh, move along if we don't get our phone situation squared away here, but please try to make it happen at 781-837-4900. And we have one other note to share while we wait, and that's a note about our Talking Birds flock, where listeners meet up to share photos and videos, thoughts and observations. And by the way, Elizabeth Hughes down in Rhode Island shared a post from the McKellar Bird Observatory up in Thunder Bay, Ontario, about the 462 birds that Josh Levac's crew banded in the month of August. And some great photos included. You can find the Talking Birds flock on Facebook. Just type Talking Birds flock into the search bar to join up and see some cool stuff and connect with other Talking Birds listeners. It looks like our phone situation is not going to work out for us this morning, and we're going to have to wrap up the program right here next week. Lots of stuff about birds, of course, but we'll also ask, an attempt to answer this question, is drinking bottled water better than drinking tap water? That's next week here on Talking Birds. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee, birdsandbeans.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.